0: Hey, good morning, everyone. As you know, if you've been here any length of time, uh, many times we'll take a topic and we'll talk about it. Sometimes we take a book of the Bible and we'll talk about it. And we are in a deep dive into the Old Testament book of Ruth. And what we're going to discover today about the book of Ruth is that God can and will, if we allow Him to, redeem our brokenness. Even the things that seem bad in our lives. If we allow God and we give those things to God, God takes it, he renews it, he restores it, and then he uses it for his glory. That's the hope that we have in the message of Jesus Christ, that Jesus came on a rescue mission to redeem us and restore us. I want you to just, ooh, this is so good. Here, here's the gospel message. At, at The crux of the gospel message is restoration. Not only for our lives, but do you realize that God can restore things in your life that you never thought He could restore? And when you look at a person who has given their life to Christ and realizes. The power in the name of Jesus Christ that we just sang and how he can take even the things, even the bad choices in our lives, even the things that have happened to us in our lives, that he can take those things and he can use it and restore it for his glory. That is what we're seeing in the book of Ruth. We see a hopeless situation that seems like there is no hope and then God, little bit by little bit, restores and gives hope in a hopeless situation. Now, I don't know about you. I like, um, I like the shows that are restoration shows that take like rusty stuff, rusty and old stuff. I kind of feel rusty and old today. I, so I woke up this morning, I was feeling a little rusty. I need a little restoration in my 56-year-old body. But I love those shows where, where people will look at something and you're like, how in the world are they going to restore that rusty piece of junk? Right? You ever think that way? And they take it and they, they see something that to the normal person you wouldn't see. And this is the person I'm married to and my wife Kathleen. She will see something and she will say, I can do something with that. And many some years ago, she saw this cow. We're going down Ridge Road and there's this pile of just junk that's going to get thrown out. And she sees this couch and she goes, slow down, slow down. I'm like, no, I don't want to slow down. Please don't make me slow down. And she goes, I see something and there's this couch that looks like there's 30 mice that have been living in it forever. And it looks like it's been sitting in a, in a basement for 60 years. And she goes, no, I see, something. I'm like, I don't see it. Can, no, please don't make me put it into our van. And sure enough, if we slowed down. She looked at it and she's like, I can do something with this. I'm like, really? She goes, yes. So I'm hauling this couch into the back of when we had a minivan, put it in the back of the minivan, bring it back to our garage, put it in the garage to air out for six years because that's basically what I needed. But she saw something. What she did is she stripped it all down to its frame. Come to find out it's this couch that was built in like 1924, beautiful frame. Now that restored couch now sits in our living room she saw now i didn't see it good for Kathleen. let's give kathleen a hand yeah she's not feeling kathleen's not feeling good so we send out some prayers for kathleen a little bit of the cold and she's not feeling good but but she saw something and this is this is the heart of the book of ruth god saw this situation and he's going to use it for his glory and i want you to be encouraged this morning i hope that you're encouraged today that when you look at your life, or maybe over your past, and you might think, how can God use this? How can God restore this? And that's the hope that we have in the gospel message, that God can restore even the things that we think he can't restore. And what we've learned about Ruth is Ruth was a Moabite. She wasn't even an Israelite. And how the story came about is, uh, Ruth's husband. Uh, they moved from Israel to Moab to find food, and this is where uh, Ruth and her uh, Ruth and, and her other uh, uh, son marries another Moabite, and her name was Orpah. They're both Moabites, Ruth and Orpah, and so they marry uh, Naomi's two sons in Moab. And so as they're living there, everybody dies. It's just a sad story. Ruth's husband dies, Orpah's husband dies, and Naomi's husband dies. And so they're all left destitute in Moab. Now there's a famine there in Moab. And so Naomi basically says, listen to her daughter-in-law's, I'm going back. I'm going back to Bethlehem. I'm going back to my homeland. You guys go back to your home. Get married. None of them had children. Have children. Don't follow me. My road has absolutely no prospects. It's hopeless." So just don't follow me. Orpah hugs them and she goes back. But Ruth doesn't. Ruth actually clings to Naomi and says, where you go, I will go. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Where you die, I will die. And, and, and Naomi tries to discourage her as much as possible, but Ruth will not have it. So she follows her back to Bethlehem where they know that there's a harvest, where they know that there's food. And so, so Ruth stays with Naomi the whole way, And what Ruth does is she comes back into Bethlehem. They know that there's a harvest there. And what we know in Scripture is that for for a godly owner of a field, what they would do is they would leave the edges of the field um, unharvested for people who would need food, people who uh, were destitute, or people that... that, um, We're, we're down on their, you know, down on their hard times or we're going through a difficult time and needed food. And they would leave the edges unharvested. And this is where Ruth finds herself. She goes out into the fields where they have left the edges of the field to be gleaned by those who needed food. And that's where Ruth finds herself in Bethlehem. She's getting food for her and, uh, Naomi. And of course, Naomi comes in to her town. People know who she is. And when they said, isn't this Naomi? Naomi says, don't even call me Naomi. Call me Mara, which means bitter. She's hurting. She's bitter. She feels like her whole life is hopeless. But here this Moabite woman, who's not even an Israelite, who comes into a foreign land, who probably isn't going to be accepted, she gives her life to serving. She gives her life to this God of Naomi. And so there she is. She's out in the fields, and she's getting food for her and her mother-in-law. And this is where we pick up the story in chapter 2 of the book of Ruth. And we're going to look at the end of chapter two and let's see what happens here. And what I want us to see this morning is God little bit by little bit reveals his provisions to Naomi and Ruth. Little bit by little bit, he shows them that he's going to take care of them and gives hope to Naomi and her hopeless situation. So let's see what God's word says here. We're going to start in verse 17. And it says, So Ruth gathered barley there all day. And when she beat out the grain that evening, it filled an entire basket. And she carried it back into town to show her mother-in-law, Ruth, also gave her, uh, gave her roasted grain that was left over from her meal. Once again, taking care of her mother-in-law, taking care of her mother-in-law. Verse 19, where did you gather all the grain today? Naomi asked, where did you work? May the Lord bless the one who helped you. And so Ruth told her mother-in-law about a man in whose field she had worked. And she said, that man I worked with today is named Boaz. Now, Boaz comes into the picture. If you like Hallmark movies, this is where it gets good. This is where it gets real good. So Boaz comes into the picture. And in verse 20, it says, this is what she says. She goes, may the Lord bless him. Naomi told her daughter-in-law, he is showing his kindness to us as well as to your dead husband. That man, and here's, here's the crux of all of the book of Ruth. That man is one of our closest relatives, one of our family redeemers. Little bit by little, bit, God is providing for them. And this man, and we're going to talk about what is a kingsman redeemer, a family redeemer. Verse 21, then Ruth said, what's more, Boaz told me to come back and stay with his harvesters until the, until the entire harvest is completed. Boaz is going way beyond what is required for him by the law and blessing her and and showing her grace. She said, good, Naomi exclaimed. Do as he said, my daughter. Stay with this young woman right through the whole harvest. You may be harassed in other fields, but you'll be safe with him. So Ruth worked alongside the woman in Boaz's field and gathered grain with them until the end of the barley harvest. Then she continued working with them through the wheat harvest in early summer. And all the while, all the while, she lived with her mother-in-law. Amen to God's word. Let's dig in because this is so vital to the whole book of Ruth, the four chapters of Ruth. This is the crux of Ruth. What we're going to discover is this. And I want you to hear this very closely. God is a God who redeems our lives, even the bad things in our lives. God is a God who redeems. That's the crux of the gospel message that we have a God who redeems us. See, redemption is the theme that runs through the whole Bible. And I want you to realize the reason Jesus came was just not to make your life better or he didn't come to be an add-on to your life. The reason why Jesus came, he came on a rescue mission. Because we needed a savior. We could not save ourselves. We could not redeem ourselves. We could not pick ourselves up. No matter how hard we try, don't we fail miserably? (laughs) We just do. And we needed a savior. So what is the meaning of redemption? Well, I love what David Reitmeyer, he explains it well. He says, redemption involves deliverance from bondage based on a payment of a price by a redeemer. Now remember, Naomi calls Boaz a family redeemer. And this fits so perfectly with the gospel message and how Jesus is ultimately our redeemer. The central theme of redemption in scripture is that God has taken the initiative to act compassionately on behalf of those who are powerless to help themselves. This is so important for us to understand. We see a perfect picture of the gospel here. We see Ruth and Naomi who are powerless. They come in, they're helpless. And here they come in and they they see this favor and grace of a man named Boaz who goes way beyond what is required to show them grace and favor and to give them hope. This is exactly what God does for us by sending his son for us. None of us in this place deserve his grace. Yet God comes in spite of ourselves, in spite of our sin, to give us a savior, to die in our place, right, as our substitute, to show his grace. And the only way that we can find forgiveness is through that grace by putting our faith in Christ Jesus. What a beautiful picture of what Jesus Christ has done for us. So this is exactly what's going on in Ruth chapter 2. God is looking out for Ruth. He's taking all the bad things that had happened and will redeem them for his purpose and his glory. Now, Ruth is, is a short book. It's only four chapters. And if you read ahead, Especially in chapter 4, you're going to see how this turns out, and it turns out beautifully. And so I'm not going to tell you if you haven't read it yourself, come back next week, but it's, it keeps getting better. Now, I can't explain to you why certain things happen the way they do. I can't explain to you why, they do, why, why a lot of things happen the way they do. But I know that God is in control, that God is sovereign, and he can even take the bad things that has happened to us and redeem them for his good. See, we can look at a situation and wonder, God, how can you use this? What are you going to do here? How can you use this? And we understand that man is autonomous, and he can choose what they want. Man can choose what they want, but they must give an account before God. And we understand that bad things do happen to us, and people can can do bad things to others. And we see this in our world today. We can see some things that maybe have happened to us or things that we've done to other people. But this is our hope that even in those situations, God can redeem those wrong things and use them for his glory. Listen, I hope you hear that today. Because I think sometimes when we look at our past and we look back with regret. We're like, God, how, how can you ever use this? But I know that when we give these things to the Lord and we allow him to redeem our lives, we become a product of his grace and mercy. And we can show the world that, yeah, I made a lot of bad mistakes or there's things that have happened to me in my life that were beyond my control. But here is what God has done in my heart. Here is, here's how God has changed me. You may think that you're broken, and you may have too many you made too many wrong choices in your life, but the hope that we have in Christ is he's, that He's come to restore that which is broken. And this is what we see. This is exactly what we see in the book of Ruth. We see heartache. We see a hopelessness, but we see someone who trusted God, who put her faith in the God of her mother-in-law, and little bit by little bit, she will see God's restoration in her life. Now, I wish God could show us what's going to happen two weeks and a month and two years from now. I wish he could say, this is how I'm going to work all these things out. But how many know that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path? You know what that means? That doesn't mean he gives you high beams so he can just shine on the future and I can see it perfectly, right? No, what he does is, what that means is he gives us just enough light for each step. Just enough to take that next step and trust him by faith. That he's gonna work all those things out. That takes faith to believe that. I want the high beams on. I'm like, God, just shine your high beams on this, because I want to see it clearly. But that's not how it works. He says, Barton, I want you to trust me each each and every day. And this is what Ruth does. She trusts the Lord. She follows Naomi. When Naomi even says, Man, there are no prospects at the end of this road. But she goes, I'm gonna to cling to you. And I'm gonna to cling to your God. And I'm gonna trust and I'm gonna believe. And I'm going to go out into the fields and I'm going to reap the harvest and I'm going to believe that God is going to show me favor. And he does each step of the way as she puts her faith in God. God had not forgotten about her. Ruth could have felt like damaged goods. She lost everything. She's out in the fields. But God has given her enough to eat. God is showing her grace through a man named Boaz. And he's going to redeem her life And use her for his purposes. And I love to hear your stories. I love to hear stories about people's past or things that you've gone through and how God has helped you through it. So many amazing stories. Stories of how you overcame huge obstacles in your lives. Maybe even bad choices in your life. Stories about how Christ has helped you through abuse and how you found your identity in Christ. Now God uses your story to bring hope to others. Remind yourself of this. When you feel like God can't use your story... I want to remind you that your past pain can bring hope to someone's present pain. Listen, just remind yourself of that. Because so many times I think, well, God only uses the good. I just want to show my good Facebook side to everybody, right? My good Instagram side where I can manipulate all the pictures, make it look real nice. That's a side I want to show everyone. But I want you to know that God uses your brokenness and your past and your hard stories to relate to other people. See, those are the stories that I love to hear of how God has helped you and how you found your identity in him and how you didn't allow that thing to break you. But God restored it and restored you and now is using your story to help someone else. Do you realize every single one of us has a story? You got a story. Every single one of us has a story that we can share with someone else. Of something that we've gone through, pain, loss, whatever it might be, and, and God can use it for His glory if you give it to Him. And so what Ruth does is she returns to the fields, and Naomi asks her what field she was in. Where were you gleaning? What field were you in? And she told her that it was the field of, of Boaz. Now, Naomi thinks that, that the Lord, uh, Naomi knows that the Lord and Boaz are, are showing kindness to her. She, she's beginning to see this. The person who comes into Bethlehem as Mara, or bitter is now seeing the provision of God right before. And she's thanking God. She sees God's kindness. So Naomi sees the provision of God even even in the midst of her pain and loss. And what I want you to see is Boaz exemplifies the character of God. Boaz goes beyond what is required. He had no reason to show kindness to Ruth because she was an outsider. She was a Moabite. She was not part of his family. And on top of that, she's a foreigner. But he, he, he shows her kindness and he sees her kindness. He hears her story. She knows she loses her husband. She, he knows that she's taking care of Naomi. He hears about her reputation. He sees the kindness that she's showing Naomi. And so little bit by little bit, Naomi sees the goodness of God. And so Naomi is overjoyed because she was in the field of a relative. Here's God, once again, working little bit by little bit to show his provisions. Naomi understands the importance of finding a relative. So Ruth, at this point, may not understand the significance of what just happened, but Naomi does. She's like, you were in Boaz's field? She starts to get excited because she knows that Boaz is a close relative, one of their closest relatives who could be their family's redeemer or this kinsman redeemer. And so what she knows is this. She knows that Boaz is showing them kindness, he's showing them grace, and that he's one of the closest relatives. And so what we see in Ruth is when she's done gleaning in the fields, she had enough food for two weeks, for two weeks. She had over five gallons of grain. And Naomi is thrilled, and she gives thanks to God for providing for them. And then she says, you know what? This Boaz is our Kingsman Redeemer. This Boaz, this person's field that you're in. I'm seeing God's grace. Not only is he providing for us physically through, our, through this need of, of needing food, but now he's provided for us a Redeemer, someone who can take care of us. Naomi calls, uh, Naomi calls Boaz a family redeemer, and in some translations, a kingsman redeemer. And Naomi understands this role of a redeemer or a family redeemer. In fact, it's a law from Leviticus chapter 25. And, and, and if a person was a, a good man, a good person, they would understand this law. It was to help family members. It was a safety net and a redeemer was this a redeemer was a male relative who would have the responsibility to act on the behalf of a relative who was in need destitute or in danger and this is who boaz is the word redeemer means one who delivers or rescues they could redeem their property or redeem a person it was a safety net now did they have to do it No. And so what we're going to see next week, there becomes a little glitch in the story, just like a Hallmark movie, right? There's a misunderstanding in the beginning, and at the end they all work it out. So we're going to see next week, there's a little glitch in the story here. But what we're going to see is God, once again, is going to show how he provides. And so Naomi knows that he he could be this family redeemer that could redeem them out of their hopeless situation. Naomi understands that Boaz is a relative that could be a redeemer for their family, specifically Ruth and bring them out of their hopelessness. See, this is where the this is where the story connects us to Christ Jesus. I want you to see in your life in your life that Jesus came on a rescue mission to come to us and redeem us and restore us, everything. And I know some of you in your life, you're like, how can God redeem this? How can God redeem marriages? How can God redeem my past? How can God redeem the bad choice I made? How how can God uh, redeem the things that have happened to me in my past? I want you to realize this. This is the whole reason why Jesus came on this rescue mission. He came to take your place. He came to die for our sins and give his life to us, to breathe life into us, to give us a new life, to take those dead things and make them new again. To, the only way I can hear, so many people have said, Pastor, what, you know, with, with your whole salvation experience, because I was 16, I was young and dumb, and I came to Christ when I was, I was 16. The only thing I can explain to people is this. Because my parents were faithful to bring me to church, and i just didn 't get anything out of it, and i just didn 't want to come and you know yada, many of you' have probably been in that situation right and I can just remember that there was a day it was just a radical transformation for me, and there was a day when I heard that that message of christ i don 't know why it was different it was different that day, and all I can tell you, it was like the blind man that Jesus healed, and the Pharisees went to interrogate the blind man. And they're like, well, tell us what happened and how do you do it? Blah, 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 blah. And And the blind man says, I don't know what to tell you. All I know is I was blind and now I see and it's this man, Jesus. Go talk to him. Okay, just go ahead. Your, Your beef is with him, not me. And the only thing I could say is there was something dead in my life. I was lifeless and I became alive. And it was through the Spirit of God, through the Holy Spirit, that's what it means to be born again. Jesus says, unless a man is born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. It's not anything we do. It's not our works. It's not picking ourselves up and trying to redeem our situation. It's allowing God to come into your lifeless situation. And some of you, you saw that in your lifeless situation and wherever you were at your life. Now, I was 16, so I didn't have all, you know, maybe a, a lot of baggage in my life. It's hopefully not at 16, right? And some of you, maybe it was later in your life and you had some baggage and you were confused and you, you just said, God, I need you to come into my life. And Christ came to your life and he breathed life into your dead situation. He can breathe life into a marriage that seems dead. He can breathe life into... Into your child's life who you think is lost and too far away. This is where we depend on God as our redeemer. Like, God, you breathe life. And what, what Naomi begins to see is the life and breath of God breathing into a hopeless, dead situation. And for some of you here today, there has been too much death spiritually in your life. Too many tentacles that have been wrapped around your heart. Too many bad past experiences and things that you're allowing to grip your heart that have caused you to live a lifeless life in Christ. And Jesus wants to breathe life into you, new and afresh. Maybe you're here and you're like, Pastor, I, I haven't even taken that step of allowing Christ to breathe life in, into me and to redeem my life. Well, that's a great first step. That's the first step you need to take. And maybe for some of you that have been serving Christ for a while, you've allowed some of the past and some of those things to, 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 to speak death to your heart and to wrap its tentacles around your heart where it's keeping you from living in the freedom that Christ desires you to live in. That's the redemption. He wants to redeem those things and then use them for his glory. Listen, bitterness... And past pain can all be tentacles that wrap itself around our hearts to keep us lifeless in Christ. And Jesus says, I've come to give you life. Not only life, but what? Life more abundantly. Yeah. Beyond what you can comprehend. And this is what we see in the life of Ruth. Not only is she out in the fields, and, and, and Boaz could do the bare minimum and say, yeah, you can glean and that's it. But she's experiencing God's, abundant life in her life. She's carrying five gallons of grain back to Naomi saying, we got enough, not just for today or for tomorrow. We got enough for two weeks. Not only that, he told me I can come back and continue in the harvest to the end of the harvest season. And if that's not even better, I met a guy named Boaz, right? I mean, this is how God, listen, listen, this is how God wants to work in your life, grace abundantly in your life beyond what you could comprehend. Whatever how lifeless you think that situation is, God wants to breathe his life into that dead situation. Here, here's the holdback, back though, right? It's us. It's us. Do we really believe that God can redeem it? Do we really believe that? I want, I want to give you a scripture here that I, I just... I love. But it talks about how Christ does this for us and how we can find grace and mercy in life in Christ Jesus. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 says, For we do not, speaking of Jesus, a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. And then l- listen now we're encouraged from the Hebrew writer. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. What the Hebrew writer is saying is through Christ Jesus, God is waiting for us to come and find grace and mercy in our time of need. That's the Savior that we have. He has paved the way for you and I to boldly approach God without trepidation, with full confidence, knowing that we can find grace and mercy in our time of need. I like what David Reitmeyer says too about this redemption, divine redemption. He says the New Testament makes clear that divine redemption includes God's identification with humanity in its plight and the securing of liberation of mankind through the obedience, the suffering, death, and resurrection of of the Incarnate Son, Jesus Christ, Jesus secures all of that for you and I through his obedience, through his suffering, through his death, and through his resurrection, we can find life again. so here's here's where I want to encourage you today. a couple things. what lifeless thing is in your life right now that God needs to breathe life into it? what what lifeless thing? needs to be redeemed in your life that you've allowed those tentacles to wrap around your heart that's keeping you from living the life that Christ desires you to live. And here's what I'll tell you to do. You give that to the Lord. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's a child. Whatever that may be, you give that to the Lord and saying, Jesus, you need to redeem this and not don't stop praying, but believe that God can restore and redeem and bring life into those lifeless situations. You may think that your story and your background is too shameful or whatever and you say, I don't know how God can use this. Let God breathe life into it of a person that's been redeemed and restored and let God use your story to encourage someone else that through Christ Jesus, I've been redeemed and I've been healed. Here's the encouraging thing about Ruth and Naomi is that little bit by little bit they see God restoring a hopeless situation. A hopeless situation that God is restoring and they see it little bit by little bit. My prayer for you is that you would look at your life and see your life as a trophy of God's grace. That you're an object of God's grace and mercy that you would see how god restored even the bad things in your life for his purposes and his glory and he wants to use you that's the thing he wants to use you and he wants to use your story to allow god to help others to come to him so let god's grace let his mercy change you let him breathe life into you again if you feel lifeless let him breathe life into you again of that hope of his mercy and his grace. Amen? Here's the hope that we're going to find later on in Ruth. Here's the hope that we're going to find later on is that Ruth never gave up. She never gave up. She kept pursuing and moving in faith and never gave up. So my prayer for you today is that you would get a glimpse of God's grace and mercy every single day in your life. And that you would see God's provisions in your life each and every day. That you would know that God has not given up on you. Look for it and you will find it. And thank God for it. Thank God for it. Say, God, this in this little teeny way, thank you for providing in this little in this small way. And I want to remind you again that Ruth when she looked at the fields that she was gleaning, she looked at it as God's grace and favor on on her life. She saw how God was restoring. So look at your life and see how God in little ways is restoring your heart and breathing life into your situation that might seem hopeless. Let's give it to him. Amen. We're going to we're, we're going to sing a song in closing. I'm a I'm going to encourage you to do something today. As um, as we sing this closing song, um, you might need prayer, and you might need to give something to the Lord. You may have, you may say, Pastor Barn, I, I need to. This thing seems lifeless, but I'm going to give it to you, God. I'm, I'm going to make a a proclamation just to give it to you, Lord. To you, Lord. And as we sing this song, um, if you want to come up front and just as just a, a sign to God that I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to encourage you as we sing the song just to come up front here. Pastor Brand and I will be here. We'll, we'll just agree with you in prayer that God is going to work in your situation, that he's going to breathe life into your situation. Just as a sign of faith to God that says, God, I'm going to give this to you. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know any of the details, but I'm just going to trust you by faith that you're going to work in my marriage, that you're going to work in my children's life, that you're going to work through the things that have happened to me in my past and you're going to use it for your glory and I just give it to you and I want you to breathe life into it. Amen. Would you stand with me? I want to pray for you and uh, let's just thank God for his word today. Father God, we just come before you today and Lord, I just pray today that you would just help us for those here that just seem Lord, like their situation is too far gone. I pray that you would reveal to us that there's no situation that's too far gone in Christ Jesus. And so Lord, I pray that we would give those things that maybe have wrapped their tentacles around our heart that's keeping us from living for you. Maybe it's it's a fear, maybe it's a it's a it's a thought from our past that we just can't get over and we can't find redemption from it lord i pray that you would breathe your life into those situations right now as we come to you and i thank you for the hope that we have in the gospel message that jesus you came to rescue us and not only rescues but redeem us and give us life and life more abundantly so we thank you for your grace and your mercy today and i pray you just breathe your life on us today a new and fresh thank you for your grace that's available to all who come to you we love you we thank you and we praise you. And we want to be careful to ask all these things in Jesus' precious name, in Jesus' precious name. Amen, amen. Can we thank God for his word? And let's just allow God to work in our heart, amen.